Hi, and welcome to the China Business Minute, a weekly catch-up with our China offices of the most important stories of the week. I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this week, in the wake of the G20 meetings, we're getting the latest from Beijing. So Jake Parker is USCBC's Vice President for China Operations in Beijing. Jake, thanks for taking some time. Hi, Ian. It's great to be talking to you. All right. So a few topics in overview today. The first will obviously be the G20 and some of its business implications. But then I did kind of want to get into the weeds a little bit on the new negative lists that have been released. So let's go ahead and start with the G20. What what are the key takeaways? I'd say there are four key takeaways from the G20 meeting that are important to U.S. companies operating in China. The first and most importantly is that the U.S. and China agreed to continue their trade negotiations after a hiatus of about a month and a half, during which time there was a significant deterioration in the relationship. Secondly, President Trump announced that he would delay the implementation of the new $300 billion or so of tariffs while the negotiations continue. That would have had a big impact on on U.S. companies that sell from the China market. Third, in his press conference, President Trump announced that China had committed to making new purchases of billions of U.S. agriculture and food products while negotiations continue, so this won't have to wait until a concluded agreement. Fourth, U.S. companies will be allowed to resume their sales to Huawei. All right. And how about implications for business? What what does the future trajectory look like for the relationship? Returning to negotiations is good news for the business community. Frankly, it puts a bit of a floor under the rapidly deteriorating relations that we'd seen over the past month and a half. But frankly, now comes the hard work of finding consensus on some of the most difficult issues in the relationship. In some of our recent meetings with the Chinese government in China, we understand that the two sides were approaching the end of the negotiations before the discussions broke down in May. However, on the final outstanding issue, there remains a fairly significant gap between the two sides. The issues that are left go to the heart of China's economic system. Issues like subsidies, state-owned enterprise reform, industrial policies will all be very difficult to resolve. And as the two sides resume negotiations, both sides need to develop a pragmatic and realistic strategy to achieve the objectives and to constructively re-engage to build back the trust in the negotiation that has been lost over the last month and a half. Frankly, neither side should let perfect be the enemy of good in coming to a final conclusion on these trade negotiations. Okay, so changing gears, China released some new negative lists lately. There's a a foreign investment negative list, a free trade zone negative list, and then the updated industry catalog for encouraging foreign investment. Do you want to go ahead and interpret those for us? Well, it wouldn't be a USCBC podcast if we didn't spend at least a little time on policy. Uh, on June 30th, the Ch- National Development Reform Commission and the Ministry of Commerce jointly released the National and Free Trade Zone Foreign Investment Negative Lists, along with an updated industry catalog for encouraging foreign investment. This is the third revision in three years, and the negative list was reduced uh, in number of restrictions on foreign investment from 48 categories to 40. And we saw liberalizations in mining, manufacturing, services, and value-added telecommunications sectors. However, in some of the initial conversations that we've had with our member companies in China, they indicate that they were very disappointed with the result of the negative list, and that few of the liberalizations addressed the targets or interests of foreign investors in China. And indeed, in some cases, such as mining, revisions further restrict foreign investment activity. I think we can say that the consistent timeline of these reductions and the revisions that are made are are positive signs that China is keeping its messages of market liberalization. However, 
The negative list openings are only one component of market access. Conversations with USCBC members indicate that foreign investment is limited more by license and administrative approvals um, than negative list restrictions. As a result, new market liberalizations that fail to address industry licensing restrictions only offer marginal benefit to foreign investors. For example, the securities trading and life insurance sectors were already liberalized in the 2018 negative list. However, to date, only a handful of foreign companies have been granted licenses to operate in those sectors. We'll be publishing our research on the foreign investment negative list today, and Ian, it'd be great if you could link to those in today's notes section. Absolutely. We will have the links in the notes and on our website. So Jake, as always, a pleasure to chat. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can learn more about our work on our website, uschina.org. Our music is by Broke for Free, and you can catch our latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. If you do like the show, please leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.